The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the raw and uncensored Ambitious Podcast. I'm your host, the original HBIC, Katie Boyd. During our time here together, I will be instilling all of the strength, power, and determination you will need to use the very stones thrown at you to build your ultimate empire. We will redefine the word bitch from the derogatory to the acronym being in total control of herself. So let's adjust our crowns and prepare to live life ambitiously. Oh yeah, here I am, the original HBIC, Katie motherfucking Boyd. Show me some love. Yes, I'm feeling it today. I'm feeling it. So today's ambitious podcast episode is all about how ambitious give no fucks. I know everybody's super horny for this one, right? But before I started today, I uh, was going through my my phone. I was going through my iTunes and I was checking out the reviews and I want to read the iTunes review of the week and it is from Ayana Irish and she says, five stars, Katie is real. Her approach to teaching people how to live their best life is funny and witty. She is an inspiration. Seriously, who doesn't want to learn how to be a rock star while they laugh so hard they pee their pants? I love Katie. Thank you, Ayana. You're so sweet. So please email me at themisfitclub at gmail.com and I'm going to be giving you a $100 gift certificate towards anything and everything KBMFC. And before we start, I always like to get everyone up to speed on what really the Ambitious Podcast is all about. So each week on the Ambitious Podcast, we will be speaking on the six life makers or breakers. So just briefly, I want to remind you, um, and if you are here new, welcome, and please go back to the first podcast and listen from the beginning because I think you will enjoy it very much. So here they are, the six life breakers or makers. One, wealth, abundance, money mindset, and investing. Two, health, nutrition, and overall wellness. Three, feelings, emotions, and fierce boundaries. Four, relationships, the good, the bad, and the toxic. Five, your environment. Are you Pinterest perfect or are you an episode of Hoarders and why and how to change it? And six, my favorite, non-negotiable spiritual practices. And because we do not have any sponsored ads here on the Ambitious Podcast, my only ask of you is that if you feel like you gained a lot of value from listening to this, please bring on at least one other listener, a friend, a family member, or maybe even someone who annoys the shit out of you and you want to share this podcast with because maybe just maybe they will get the picture. Please share this on your Facebook, Instagram, tag me on your Instagram stories and give it five stars and a rockin' review. The better the written reviews, the more people that the ambitious movement will touch. And if you have the cojones to give the ambitious a bad review, I want to remind you, 
that I warned you in episode one, that if you take shit personally, are small-minded and part of the zombie apocalypse that is the world today, or you do not appreciate my fucking language, you need to stop listening right now, go into a dark room, light a candle, put on some nine-inch nails, and go fuck yourself. I wanna fuck you like an animal. Do we remember that? Oh, it was my senior in high school. I was just so into that. Mm. So remember, give Ambitches a five-star review. And if you haven't already, go do that. And if you have, I thank you from the bottom of my little black heart. And if you go to www.kbmfc.com and sign up for my free newsletter, not only will you receive free workouts, free meal plans, recipes, and inspiration, you will also receive a chance to win a $200 keto starter kit from Ancient Nutrition. And every month we are going to be doing this giveaway. So stay tuned. The cool part about today is it's going to be a two-part episode. So I am a huge proponent about not giving fucks. It's totally changed my life. I know everyone in this room listening right now, they live by not giving a fuck. It's the only way to live. And the reason why I don't give a fuck anymore is because I gave fucks for so many years and it totally just drained me of everything of all of my life force. So today we're going to be talking about how to give no fucks. And when I was writing it, I like totally got off on a crazy tangent and I couldn't stop myself. And I could pretty much like write a three more hour long podcast over this. So we're going to be breaking this down into two separate episodes. This week, we're going to be going through the first one through five. And then next week, the rest. Okay. So let's start from the very beginning. A very good place to start. (laughs) So the top 10 things ambitches need to stop giving fucks about so they can thrive, level up, come through and build their ultimate empires. When you give less fucks about petty AF stuff, you have more time to give fucks to the things that you should give fucks about truth. So the truth is, is that we give fucks because we're fearful. That's the bottom line. The ultimate truth is that everything that we desire in life is on the other side of fear. Getting past that fear is the true hero's quest. Everything I am about to say on this episode and the next is so simple but it is not easy in the great words of Mel Robbins. If it were easy, we would all be running through a meadow of daisies with no shirts on, empty toothpaste tubes just flapping in the wind, singing, I don't give a fuck, I don't give a fuck, I don't don't give a fuck, I don't fuck with you. Okay, that's my best Big Sean impersonation. Here are the top five things that I feel that people I come in contact with give fucks about the most, and then some ideas, some tools, and some tactics on how to start turning that fuck frown upside down. So number one, regrets. Who in here is like, we all have these regrets, right? We think about them constantly. We all struggle. We all make mistakes, and we even regret things in our past but you are not your mistakes. You are not your struggles and you are here now with the power to shape your future. There are no regrets in life, just lessons learned. 
the truth is that I believe from a spiritual standpoint, and if you're my client and you've been working with me for years, you know I say this all the time, from a spiritual standpoint is that before we even come to this earth, our entire life contract is already written and signed. Every good, bad, and indifferent choice is already laid out in front of us to teach us the lessons that we need to learn to evolve our souls on this three-dimensional earth plane. So I believe like when our soul is in that transitional space, wherever that is in whatever dimension, the big kahuna, whoever that is, calls us up. You go in and you're literally handed a script. And you read it just like you're reading like your hope from days of our lives. Like, oh, I can be buried alive. Yeah. Oh, I can marry Victor Kyriakos. Like whatever your thing is, like you're like, this is, I can do this. Like I'm a great actress. And then all of a sudden, boom, you end up here. You're birthed into this three-dimensional reality. And I believe we choose it. I believe we choose our family. I, we, I believe we choose our loved ones. I believe we choose our enemies, our friends, our children. I think we choose it all. Now, a lot of, and I'm also Catholic, so I believe in God. And I'm not encroaching on anyone's beliefs, but that's just my belief. And maybe I believe it because it makes me, you know, sleep better at night, but that's my belief. I also believe that, you know, we are born with free will and giving way too many fucks infringes on our free will, which makes us a bunch of seething, spiteful, regretful fuck faces. As Pierre Teilhard de Chardin once said, that was a fucking mouthful. Thank God I went to France for three weeks. We are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. I love when I look out in the audience and people are mouthing it because they like, no, it's just, oh, makes my nipples so hard. Regret is an absolute wasted emotion. Regret literally sucks the life force from our vessels. When I have regretful thoughts, which by the way, I do numerous times a day, I, it could be something as small as I wish I would have said this instead of that. Like you ever get in a fight with someone and then like an hour later, you're like, Oh, I I fucking should have fucked that bitch up. And then you're just like thinking about it like all day. Like, why didn't I say this? This would have been a way better point. Oh God. And it's actually, you know, I'll stop what I'm doing because I'm very much awake to that feeling. So I'll actually stop what I'm doing, like in my tracks, stop what I'm doing. I witness the regretful thought and I will say a mantra over and over in my head until that feeling or thought dissipates. The mantra or the phrase could be, be here now, be here now, or the life contract is already signed. The life contract is already signed. And I will say this over and over and over again till that the feeling of regret and fear and all those naughty little things going on inside dissipate. I do this daily. It's one of my practices because let's be honest, every human, no matter who they are, or what they've achieved in life will always have moments of regret. It is what we do with the thing. It's what we do with these thoughts that will shape our future. Another thing um, I do when I have done something like I feel regret towards is I have to look for the lesson. It could mean sitting down and journaling. I'm a huge proponent of journaling because it allows you to vent your thoughts and feelings without having to talk to another person. Sometimes I try to vent 
and process so much, I actually start to loathe my own freaking voice. Do you ever do this, guys? Like, I mostly do it to Matt. Like, I'll be like, eh, and then, and then, and what about this? And Matt will just like sit there and like blank stare. And I know he's like the roadrunner and the wily e. coyote are just like going and running after each other in his head. I love you. Um, <laughs> but like, it sometimes you have to process on paper. It's not okay to just be dumping your verbal diarrhea on everyone all the time. So ask yourself, what patterns do I see? What are you noticing or witnessing about yourself and your reactions and your responses to different things or trying situations? Then take some action. Other than the journaling and the mantra work and the question asking, going forward, ask yourself, what would help me right now move on from this feeling? Do I need support? Do I need to have an uncomfortable or difficult conversation with someone? Pretty much being proactive is one of the best hallways out of regret. And lastly, fucking forgive yourselves. I mean, seriously, take some breaths. You can even inhale and say, I forgive myself. I did the best I could. And watch with each exhale, it gets better and better and better. And as you exhale, say, I release myself from my regretful judgment that does not serve my highest, greatest good. Okay. So let's all, let's all try that. So wherever you are, whether you're here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe or you're driving in your car, let's try that. So let's inhale. I forgive myself. I did the best I could. And then as you exhale, let's say, I release myself from my regretful judgment that does not serve my highest, greatest good. So obviously that's what I do. You guys might have a different mantra or a different phrase that helps you, but releasing yourself and forgiving yourself is the most beautiful thing that we as human beings living in this third dimensional reality can do for ourselves. Believe me, it works. Number two, materialism. You guys, like this is... (laughs) beating a dead horse. I know I'm a creep. I talk about this all the time, but I'm telling you right now that people give so many fucks about material things. It's insanity. No amount of material wealth will ever, ever make you feel worthy. I used to work myself to death to buy things with money I didn't actually have, to impress people I didn't actually like, And when we are happy with what we have now at this very moment and grateful for it, your energetic vibrational frequency sends the universe an energy of abundance, which in turn only brings you more and more wealth and abundance. It's pretty much a freaking law of the universe. Materialism is truly a system that eats us from the inside out. Buying more and more and more stuff is actually in numerous studies correlated to depression anxiety, and broken relationships. It is socially and self-destructive. Haven't you ever heard the term retail therapy? Like I remember when I was a little girl, my mom, if she was like fighting with my dad or was having a bad day at work or whatever, she would come home with just like bags and bags and bags of shit from the mall. And I would just be like, where are we getting, even as like a child, I was like, where are you getting all this money, bitch? Like you turning tricks on the taunt green? Like what is happening? How are you getting all this money? And it, we, it was all in credit cards, right? Because people for that moment get that high from shopping. And then for the rest of the month, you have to look at the credit card statements coming in. And then it's just like this vicious cycle of shopping, buying, credit card statements, depression. 
anxiety. Boom, 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 boom. It keeps going on and on and on. Um, if I, and then it's funny because it's a learned behavior because when I was an adult, I would go shopping with all my credit. I had a freaking credit card to Victoria's Secret and Nordstrom's and Lord and Taylor and all this shit. And I would just like go in and like be like, mm, which, which plastic thing am I going to pull out of my purse this time? Right. And, you know, it was just so destructive. And listen, please don't get me wrong. Everyone here knows I love nice things, but not at the sake of my mental and physical help, health. It's really crazy because in Japan, they have this disease. This is like a real thing. It's called Kuroshi. Have any, anybody heard of it? In Japanese, it actually translates to death from overwork. This is a true thing. This is where mostly younger people die every day from working insane amount of hours in terrible conditions, never stopping to rest and recharge only because they crave materialism. 10,000 deaths a year are because of this anomaly. And people are literally found dead, like on the subway. Like young people, like 30 years old, they're like sleeping on the subway. People think that they're sleeping and they're just dead. On They just die on the subway. It happens all the time. There was actually um, a Netflix documentary about it. And that's how I learned about it. And I was like, oh my God, like this could be me if I keep going like this. And if you don't believe me, Google that shit. It is disgusting. This is truly an epidemic. And you know what the most fucked up thing is that I hope that we can all really like wrap our noggins around is you will never, ever, ever keep up with the Joneses or the Smiths or whoever the fuck you're trying to keep up with. Because if you get a million dollars, someone else has $10 million. If you get $10 million, someone else has $100 million. Someone has a billion dollars, right? It goes on and on and on. You're never going to feel whole. We need to unplug from modern society's subconscious programming like social media, ads, commercials, news, etc., and start really thinking about the about and reading about why materialism is so important to you. There are a couple of few books that I really love on this topic, and one is called Man's Search for Meaning. And the other is called the how of happiness. And it can help you understand the science behind the incessant wanting and needing and craving of these things. And also, you think when you get these things that you're going to feel better and sexier and classier, whatever. But the truth is that material goods never, ever will feel fill the heart-sized hole in your soul. And believe me, I've tried. I always tell like my Range Rover story. Like this is like my number one, like it's burned into my brain forever. When I was younger, I, you know, I worked in this place in this area called Wellesley, Massachusetts, and everyone is very wealthy. And everyone's like a Maserati, a Bugatti, a Range Rover. Everyone has Mercedes, multiple cars, multiple homes. And I was just like this kind of poor kid from Taunton. And I thought, okay, I have to be like these women. And I went and I bought a Range Rover brand new, didn't have one mile on it. And I remember driving it home from the dealership that night and being so proud of myself. And I remember parking it outside my apartment. And now mind you, I didn't own shit. I didn't own the Range Rover. It was leased. I didn't own my apartment. It was rented. I mean, everything was on credit cards. Like I looked super wealthy, but and I thought I was living my best life, but it was actually all fake. And I remember like looking out the window at the Range Rover and I was like, oh, hey, baby, I love you. And then I would like go to sleep. And the next morning I wake up and I would look out, oh, look at that, ba- look at that Range Rover. Oh, it's so pretty. And I would drive it to work my first day and I was so proud of myself. And then the second day, it like just totally lost its luster. And I got so depressed because I actually thought like this was going to be the thing that made me feel like I made it, that I was something. And... 
It just never did. So here's my, I was just being very vulnerable to all of you. Cause I, I think a lot of people think, Oh, Katie, like, no, I'm like, no, I'm fucked. I'm more fucked up than a soup sandwich. I will be the first one to admit it. So if you want things to prove to your daddy who left you when you were five, that you're something big and that you've made it, then you are doing all of this for the wrong damn reasons. And you will always, always be left empty. So that's number two. Number three, revenge. Oh my, you didn't think I was going to say that, did you? Confucius once said, a man who desires revenge should dig two graves. And Martin Luther King Jr. once said, the old law about an eye for an eye leaves everybody blind. I think that people give so many fucks about getting back at people and one-upping people and being right that it literally drives us to drink. I cannot tell you the awful and disgusting shit people have done to me over the years, lying, stealing, cheating, betrayal, physical, mental, and emotional abuse. And I will not lie. There were many, many years ago that I sought revenge. I was a Viking in my past life, so it's in my fucking soul's DNA. Okay. I want to fuck some people up sometimes, but revenge is just like regret. It's another really super wasteful emotion. And in Webster's dictionary, revenge is defined as to avenge oneself, usually by retaliating in kind or degree, or to inflict injury in return for something. The act of revenge is as old as time. Like Shakespeare once said, if you prick us, do we not bleed? If you tickle us, do we not laugh? If you poison us, do we not die? And if you wrong us, shall we not revenge? I, I really paid attention in that class. I think it was like Hamlet. It was like when we watched Hamlet. Um, revenge is, in my opinion, one of our deepest. Everyone's like, yeah. Everyone's like, their eyes are so wide right now. Revenge is one of our deepest human instincts. Like, right now. Who has never not said, well, I hope she gets hers? Or or my favorite, karma's a bitch, right? Karma is a bitch. And in The Godfather, I don't know if you guys are watching The Godfather, but it's one of my favorites. In The Godfather, Mario Puzo says, revenge is a dish that tastes better when served cold. Revenge is all about establishing justice, and the threat of revenge may serve as a form of protection. But at the end of the day, revenge always makes you feel worse. I cannot tell you how many times people have fucked with me, and in a split second I thought, oh, I'm going to take this bitch down. Who in this room has thought that or felt that before? Abso-freaking-lutely. It's like in Mean Girls, when Lindsay Lohan's character was giving Regina the freaking weight gainer bars from like Switzerland or some shit like that. So now instead of egging someone's car, which I've never done in my life, by the way, I'm from Taunton. Okay. Um, <laughs> so instead of egging someone's car or toilet papering their house or lighting a bag of dog shit on fire on their front porch and ringing the doorbell in a fury of ding dong ditch, <laughs> I never did that either. <laughs> Robin is so horrified looking at me right now. She's like, Katie's an awful human. <laughs> no. Instead of doing that terrible shit, like I probably did in like an eighth and ninth grade, right now, who I am today. I will actually sit in meditation and I will actually wish light and love to the person that hurt me. And I know this sounds absolutely absurd, but remember when we talked about the regret piece, 
of this giving a fuck puzzle. You have to know that everything happens for a reason and that there is, again, a lesson in hurting, in someone hurting you or doing you dirty. Sit in a quiet place and say, I bless you and release you from anything that ties us together. Or I forgive you for any trespasses. I mean, it's in the fucking Bible, right? Like, isn't that like a prayer? Like, forgive you for any trespasses? Sorry, I haven't been to the Our Father. <laughs> that little old thing. <laughs> Thank you, Jill. You're such a good Catholic. <laughs> so, you know, let's try it together right now. So let's all close our eyes. Unless you're driving somewhere listening to this podcast, wait till later. Let's all close our eyes and let's think of someone who has done something really terrible or wrong to us. And let's take a nice deep breath in, inhale through your nose, filling up those lungs and say, I bless and release you from anything that ties us together. And as you exhale, say, I forgive you for any trespasses. And then when you're ready, open your eyes. Doesn't that just feel better? just feels better. It just feels like a lift or like a weight is lifted because, you know, what is that old adage? It's like drinking poison, expecting your enemy to die. It's the same thing. It's like when we hold all these terrible emotions in our own physicality, we're actually just hurting ourselves. Number four, this is one of my biggest issues. I have two really standout issues on this top 10 list, but this is one of the biggest one. Being worshiped, on social media. Is everybody in here like, mm-hmm, right? You like post something and then no one likes it. And then you're like, I'm a loser. I'm just a big fucking loser. <laughs> Everyone feels like this. And David Foster Wallace once said, you'll worry less about what people think about you when you realize how seldom they do. Whoa. You'll worry less about what people think about you when you realize how seldom they do. Since the dawn of time, people have always craved approval because we, by makeup, our actual primordial genetics are social creatures. It is not a quinky dink that it is called social media, right? It is written to our DNA that we need others to survive. Even though like, I'll be like, I don't need anyone. Fuck all of you people. I'm a loner. I'm a rebel dotty. <laughs> that was my best Pee-wee today. <laughs> Taken from Pee-wee's Big Adventure. If you haven't watched that movie, you need to. <laughs> so from an evolutionary standpoint, into the dark and mysterious hallways and corridors of social media, and you will find yourself thriving on the same thing, except it's a like button. So what we used to thrive on thousands of years ago, community and love and being together has now turned into how many people like our posts and how many people con you know comment and how many people will go, oh my God, girlfriend, yes, Y-A-A-A-A-S, I love that word. Or they're like, oh, you look so beautiful today. And it's like half the time people just scroll. Like I know sometimes I'm just like mindlessly scrolling on social media and I just double tap stuff. I don't even know what the hell I'm doing sometimes. Like just sitting on the toilet and just like... Oh, pretty cute. Oh, that's a nice sandwich. Oh, yummy donut. Like you don't even know what the hell's coming in, right? So we don't put pictures and quotes on our walls to not have a reaction of support from our so-called tribe, followers, etc., which is all total bullshit and we know it. But the like button has now turned into the modern day drug where we can get high, right? And then we detox and then we crash. So it's like you get high, you detox, crash, high, 
detox crack, and it becomes like the new drug of choice. It is truly ruining our lives. We have turned into a society obsessed with receiving validation from our numbers online. It was so crazy because Matt and I were just in LA. We had some meetings out there and it was his birthday. So I brought him out there for a little vacay, a little getaway. And we had gone to this really amazing restaurant one night and I had to go to the restroom. So I walk into the restroom and there's, when I tell you, and I'm not even like pulling anyone's leg right now, there was like 50 girls that looked all like supermodels in their perfect like Hervé Legere bandage dresses with their like platform Louboutins and hair extensions and like fake everything. And they were all just like in the mirror, pushing each other out of the way, like taking selfies, 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 selfies. And there were like girls like puking their brains out in the bathrooms and like shitting their pants. And everyone's just like in there, like take, I'm like, do you not smell the fecal matter in here? Wash your fucking hands and be gone with you. You bunch of harpies. It's like so bad. And I just like came out of the bathroom and I told Matt and Matt's like, really? Because I've been watching these two motherfuckers next to me who have not even talked the whole entire dinner. So there was these two kids next to us. One had like a $250,000 Rolex on. They were like, I don't know. They looked like they were into like the music business or whatever. They did not speak the entire meal. All they would do was they were both on their phones. And then every so often, like one of the guys would just like go like this to the other guy, like show him his phone. The guy would laugh and then they would both go back to their, their phones. Am I lying about this? And like me and Matt are just sitting there like enjoying each other's company and laughing and having fun. And I, at that moment, felt so grateful for my husband and I being on the same page with that kind of social media stuff because you're, you're just totally missing reality. And it's just so, so, so scared, scary to me. So here are a few reminders to get you out of this Ready Player One nonsensical bullshit. Have you guys seen that movie yet, Ready Player One? That is going to be our reality. Like 20 years from now, that is what's going to be actually happening, happening. And it's so scary. So number one, remember you and other people are not truly their social media selves. You're not. You are not who you portray to be on social media. I don't care who the fuck you are. Number two, remember, you are also not your social media presence. You don't have to be like every day like, oh my God, I have to post this many times a day and I have to like brand myself and I have to like, yeah, that's great if you're doing social media for business, but I think people mistake like their Facebook for like their business Facebook or their business Instagram and their brand or whatever. It's like not the same thing. Number three, be mindful. Sometimes I'll just scroll and scroll and scroll and I get angrier and I get fucking jealous and I get FOMO and I'm like, like in a freaking tizzy looking at Instagram. And I'm just like, <gasps> and then all of a sudden I'll have to be like, whoa, what the fuck are you doing to yourself? You are actually inflicting all of your depression all of your anxiety, all of your self-loathing onto your own self. Like you, I am my own worst enemy when it comes. So we can all talk about like Facebook is the devil and, all, and social media is this and all this shit. Truly, we are in control of it. And we're like blaming this thing that isn't even real, right? So that's, that's number three. Number four, take a break. I know that's like everybody's buttholes just puckered. Like, oh my God, I can't be on social media. I have taken social media cleanses for like a month at a time before. I have um, limited my social media to only certain times and days. Um, I know it's kind of scary. And at first, like the first couple of days, you just like keep wanting to pick up your phone and like check it. And you have to keep saying like, no, no, don't do that. 
But if you need social media for your business, because people always be like, well, I need social media for my business. Well, guess what? There's a lot of geniuses in the world that have created apps like Go Edgar or Meet Edgar or whatever, something, fuck Edgar, I don't know, Google it. Um, I don't use social media apps to do, my, um, to do my social media because I feel like I have a good control over it. But if you are like addicted to your shit, get, I think it's Meet Edgar, meet, get an app like that that you can batch everything that you want to put out on social media for like months at a time. And then the app will actually send out your posts every day. And then all you have to do is you either let the post go out and do your thing with it, or when you, the post goes out, you say, okay, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to engage with my people on social media, and then you're done with it for the day, right? So I've done this before, and it's crazy, absolutely mental how much time that we waste in a day checking our likes, our comments, our DMs, our tweets, our inboxes, our emails, our fa- it's just, it's a fucking black hole of hell. It really, really is. And then people will come to me and be like, I don't have time to like meditate. And I'm like, bitch, you've been on social media all motherfucking day because I've seen you posting 300 pictures of your foul child. Okay. So let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Number five, speaking of foul children, gossip. If you didn't see it with your own eyes or hear it with your own ears, don't invent it with your small mind and then share it with your big mouth. Wasn't that good? That was so good. And I also love this one. What Susie says of Sally says more of Susie than it does of Sally. And the truth is though, that everything we do in our human life is again, again, ingrained for survival. So we're not reinventing the wheel over here. Yes, even gossip. Gossip does three things. Number one, it creates a sense of intimacy the shared secret connects the gossiper and the listener, right? Like, have you ever like hated a girl and then you both hate her and you're like, oh my God, you're like my new bestie because we both hate the same person. <laughs> like how many people in this room? I know I've done it. I totally know I've done it. And number two, it builds an illusory perception of trust, but we all know that the trust is fragile and it is ultimately faux. So like, you are like, oh, that's my girl. We like talk shit about Amy in the office. Like, but truthfully, Deep down inside, you know, if that bitch is talking shit about Amy, as soon as you leave, she's talking shit about you, right? And three, accuracy. The combo of the status of intimacy and the trust makes us want to believe the credibility of the gossip. I used to live for gossip and I started to realize the people who I was gossiping with were jealous, had nothing really better going on, and were insecure as fuck, three traits I never want to have. So I started to distance myself from anyone who gossips and I have a clear cut boundary about gossip. And anyone who really knows me knows not to step to me with gossip because I will slap them down verbally, verbally, of course. Gossip can literally ruin someone's life. Like, do you remember like in eighth grade when there was that one girl everyone picked on? I remember her. And this girl, like a bunch of these mean bitches started uh, like a rumor about her and then like everyone would like make fun of her. It was just like awful to watch and it, it can ruin someone's life in eighth grade. It can ruin someone's life when you're 60 fucking years old, right? It's not okay. It has many negative and detrimental effects to the person being gossiped about and you too for even hearing the negative ass bullshit. So here are some ways to deal with gossip. Number one, make sure you surround yourself with like-minded people who feel the same way about rumors and hearsay 
as you do. That's why it's so important to find your peer groups and find your tribe and your community. If you have people in your life that continually bring you bad news, especially if it's gossip about you, um, one of my favorite Jay-Z quotes is, don't tell me what they said about me. Tell me why they were so comfortable to say it to you. Just fucking let that shit digest for a second, right? So either distance yourself from them or place clear, concise boundaries on them. My mom, like she loves to gossip. I love, I love you, Terry Boyd, if you're listening, but she knows like there's like this bunch of people do not call me. I don't care if they have a baby. I don't care if they got run over by a truck. I don't care. I don't want to hear about them because if I wanted to be friends with them, I would be friends with them. I would be following them on Facebook. I wouldn't have to have you tell me what is going on in their lives. And she just knows. And every so often she gets a little out of line and I have to remind her, right, Terry, I have to remind you about don't gossip about these people because I don't want to hear it. And she's like, oh, fine. And she stops usually, usually, allegedly. <laughs> oh my God. Three, make every conversation count. If you know me, and I think a lot of you in this room right now know and also feel the same way, fucking hate small talk. I hate it. I like it's just, it makes me so angry. It's like the itch you cannot scratch. Don't waste people's time with chitter chatter. Like I want to talk about like life and love and like good shit. I don't want to talk about like who's banging who and who, I just don't care. Okay. Number four, catch yourself. Because years of gossiping has patterning associated to it. You will slip up. But if you catch yourself as it is happening, then you are winning the gossip game. And number five, notice the aftertaste when you do gossip. It tastes like a mouthful of shit and how it feels is no better. Notice the tension in your body when you gossip about someone. So, like when someone comes to you and they start talking and then all of a sudden you're like, you're kind of like your boundaries are low that day. And then you're just like, oh, I'll talk shit about Amy. And then all of a sudden you guys start talking shit. And then all of a sudden, like you just start feeling like so icky and you start feeling like not yourself. I mean, only if you're an awake person and you're not part of the zombie apocalypse, do you feel like this because the people who are gossiping are not awake and they are fucking zombies. So this doesn't, if you're listening, this doesn't, this doesn't pertain to you. <laughs> this only pertains to people who are awake. So it's poison, plain and simple. And we should 100% not ever give any fucks about this topic. So that's my top five of the first edition of Ambitches Give No Fucks. So I'm going to end... And I am going to just leave you with a couple different things that are going on because like I said, people have been emailing me like crazy. And one thing I do want to talk about is Kripalu Weekend. It is going to be phenomenal. It's in the Berkshire Mountains. It's January 4th, 5th, and 6th. I'll be presenting there that weekend with DJ Nix. We're going to have a spiritual pajami jammy jam. And just go on their website. It's www.kripalu.org. And just Google my name, Katie Boyd, is presenter and sign up. And thank you all for being crusaders of the ambitious movement. And like I always say, see you next Tuesday. Woo! The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.